today on City Cash Chicago. The Timps are rising, spring is here, and baseball is back. The White Sox have their home opener today against the Seattle Mariners, and they beat the Tigers two games to one in Detroit in the first series of the season. The Cubs matched that record at Wrigley against the Milwaukee Brewers in their opening series. But despite the similar starts, the two teams couldn't be more different this season. It's Tuesday, April 12th. I'm Jacoby Cochran, and this is CityCast Chicago. What's your go-to combo? What you got to get every time you go? Got to get a lote, delicious. Mm-hmm. And I got, and 100%, I got to get the Irish nachos. They're just fries instead of uh, chips behind center field. Ugh. You just got to, it's like ribs. Don't worry about how you look eating the nacho, uh, Irish nachos. Just get into them. Here to talk about the Crosstown Rivals are WBEZ Cheryl Ray Stout and Herb Lawrence of the new CHGO White Sox podcast. Sure, I'm going to start with you. Last time I had you on the show to talk baseball, it was August. The Cubs had just traded away pretty much all of their championship experience, breaking fans' hearts. Uh, can you kind of catch me up on what the Cubs lost and what the offseason looked like? Well, they lost Chris Bryant, who's with Colorado now. They lost Javi Baez, who was with the Mets, and now he's with the Tigers. They lost Anthony Rizzo, who's with the Yankees. Uh, they, they, they've lost a lot of key players that were important to their franchise when they won the the World Series. And during that stretch, when they were trying all these players that were really minor leaguers, you know, career minor leaguers, they performed pretty well. But they had to add some players. And one of their biggest acquisitions is from Japan, Seiya Suzuki. They paid him five for five years, $85 million. And he had a very good weekend against the Brewers. On Sunday, he had a three-run homer, his first home run as a Cub. There's a lot of excitement for him. So there's some pieces there that are interesting to watch to see if they perform. You know, before the season got started, you know, Suzuki, who you just mentioned, was already in some potential rookie of the year conversations. And, and it's worth yeah. noting, he wanted the only people on a long-term contract with the Cubs. There are so many one-year deals, like you said, minor league players, people who have to prove themselves. And, you know, if, if they float under 500 come the summer – you could see a lot of turnover again uh, this season with the Cubs. Um, so so it's a very much a wait and see in some respects. You know, who who knows? The way baseball is right now, we don't know a lot of things because the shortened spring put the tax on the pitchers, mm-hmm. and we're seeing it already. The White Sox, on the other hand, they had a really, really strong season last year. Mm-hmm. We was getting in our jollies, dreaming of what could be come October, but let's be real, those dreams came to a pretty quick ending when the Astros beat the Sox in the American League Division Series. How was the winter and how are you feeling going into the season, Herb? After the destroying of the White Sox by the Astros in that series, <laughs> oh, it was just an obliteration. White Sox fans have said, okay, I'm sure that Jerry Reinsdorf and Rick Hahn, the general manager, saw what we saw and will retool this team. But up until the lockout, they picked up Kendall Graveman, which is a nice reliever. But the pitching staff still was like they had three solid people, then two question marks in um, Dallas Keuchel and Michael Kopech, who's a young pitcher who's really never started a whole year as a starter. And so White Sox fans, after that first game, which they lost in a Javi Bias single walk off, <laughs> it's like for White Sox fans, a former Cub who they despised kills them on his new team. 
after that first game, man, White Sox fans are ready to just call it off. They're like, oh, this is the worst thing ever. <laughs> We're done. And then Saturday and Sunday happened where the White Sox exactly. took it and Sunday was on a glorious day where they didn't have three of their big time boppers and still scored 10 runs. It's the return of Tim Anderson was the key to that victory. I think yeah. he makes everything go. First pitch of the game, mm-hmm. double. I mean, that's a, a good three for five day. Once this team is 100%, they're one of the best teams in the American League. Uh, you know, both of y'all mentioned something that, you know, is is pretty much the, the elephant in the room throughout the offseason, throughout the winter, that 99-day lockout, that delay opening day. Cheryl, you know, what was that issue there, and, and what were the changes that, that were made going into this season? The one big change was definitely had to do with the minimum wage for the younger players. That went up to $770,000. That was a huge, that was a key issue. And, and what was great was most of the veterans were for that. And I believe almost 60% of the league is in that position of being, you know, in the minimum wage. The league wanted and they got extra playoff teams. Also going into this year, it's the first season since 2019 where we're not expecting pandemic restrictions, right? A shortened season or reduced capacity at stadiums. You know, Herb, how much of a difference do you think that'll make uh, for the Sox? I think White Sox fans in general, last year, they were chomping at the bit to be at the stadium. I think on opening day, full capacity. It's going to be electric. As this team is in its third year of contention, White Sox fans are at a fever pitch and they want to get to the games. Hell, I bought season tickets. I'm a guy who doesn't have that much money. I bought a, a partial plan last year and I got a, I renewed that. I was like, this team is going to go far. And White Sox fans across the board are very happy about their team, especially this weekend in Detroit where they just demolished the Tigers. The Cubs, on the other hand, right, with a young, unproven roster with, you know, a shakeup that's happening on the roster. Cheryl, you know, what can we expect to see in Wrigley? You know, they got a lot riding on, on, on this team between the TV deal, you know, betting right across from the stadium. Like, what can we expect to see? Well, if you listen to the fans, they're not happy because they know that this team, just they dismantle this team and they're not going to have sellouts. Trust me, they're not going to have sellouts. And if you go on StubHub or any of these, t- you know, markets, their tickets are going for nine bucks. You cannot sustain a season if if your resale market is only going for nine bucks, and that's going to hurt them in the long run. Here's another interesting thing: the Cubs, when you list down uh, going to a game, the ticket, the hot dog, and all that, they are the number one team. You spend one hundred and ten dollars to go to a game. Ooh. Number one, and and so for the fans, they're not getting they're not getting their money's worth. Do you know what the comparison price is at, at Sox Stadium, Sox Park? What does it cost? Sox were further down. They were 11th. Okay. I think they were, it was like $71, $72. So you're getting a little bit more you know? so for your buck. That 110 to $72, that's a huge difference. Cheryl, with the Cubs, where's the pressure at right now? The, the, the expectations aren't super high, but is anybody on the hot seat right now um, as we move into the early parts of the season? I don't think so. I think because everyone understands it's a rebuild mode, um, it's going to be interesting to see how Greg Brown, their new hitting coach, who's actually getting the message across this last weekend, patience, 
You saw a lot of patients at the plate. So he may be somebody that could help this team get to the next level, but at least have some progress, which is what, when Theo Epstein left, he said their offense is broken. And that's the biggest hurdle that they're trying to fix. And if Greg Brown can do that, he may be somebody that could end up uh, being the hero of this team. Yeah. Herb, very similar question to you. Right now we're in what looks like a very beautiful championship window, but those windows shut fast as our North Side brothers have shown us over the last couple of years. Is the pressure on to win now? Is anybody on the hot seat from you know the owner, from the executive box down to the field? I would say usually like on a different team, maybe, but the White Sox dynamic is different. Jerry Reinsdorf, either good or bad, is loyal to a fault. He will not remove a guy from his duties. Like there's no pressure necessarily on Rick Hahn or Kenny Williams. They've had these jobs forever. They're not going anywhere. They've done a great job, by the way. If they don't make it, if they only do what they did the last couple of years and get bounced in the first round, we as White Sox fans are going to be mad, but there's not going to be anybody fired. Tony Russo might step down himself, but no one's going to be firing Tony Russo if in a different city, like if they were in New York or L.A. Mm -hmm. and the same situation was happening and you've been hired since 2012 and you haven't had a, net, a championship yet. Maybe some people would say, let's move on from them. But no, White Sox are good. I mean, are you itching? It's been 17, what, 16, 17 years uh, since the White Sox uh, won it all. Are, are you itching as a fan um, to kind of get over this hump? Would love to, but I know it's really difficult. And this new collective bargain agreement made it even harder. You know, adding these extra teams to the playoff mix. It's a crapshoot. Every time you go to the playoffs, you saw what the White Sox were last year. White Sox fans thought we were better than Houston, and Houston's like, no, we're not. Cheryl, it seems like these two teams are often in opposite orbits. There was a moment last year when I talked with uh, Lynn Casper, and there was this, this brief moment where we thought, is this the year they both make the playoffs, they both make a run? And obviously that was squashed a, a few weeks after that. Uh, when one is good, the other is often struggling. Do you do you see a time in the near future where, where that aligns, where they're both playing you know, good baseball at the same time? We thought that in 2008 and it didn't happen. It just doesn't seem seem to be. I, you know, I, I think the, the gods of baseball just won't let it happen because Chicago would probably implode. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, a good point. I, I actually don't think the Cubs are that bad this year. They have a lot of, you know, mishmash pieces together. But I don't think that NL Central is anything that is great. I don't think the Brewers and the Cardinals are going to run away from the Cubs. Now, are they going to win the AL, uh, NL Central? Probably not. But I can see if the Brewers and the Cardinals are just being mediocre, the Cubs can go and get that division. Mm -hmm. It's a long way until October. My last question to you. Uh, your predictions for the season. How far do the Sox go this year, Herb? I think they go to the second round this year, which is the ALDS. They have a, I think they'll beat that first wildcard team, get to the ALDS like they did last year, and then bow out gracefully. Not satisfactory. My other compatriots on CHGO White Sox believe that they're both making the white the, the World Series and losing to the Dodgers. I'm not that, that optimistic. The pitching staff, that worries me. The starting staff right now worries me. So I don't think they're going to get to the World Series. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I hope you're wrong too. Cheryl, what are your predictions? Do the Cubs shock the world or do they, you know, hover around 500 or below? 
hover, hover, hover. <laughs> 500 mm-hmm. if they're lucky. From WBEZ, the legendary sports journalist show, Ray Stout, and from CHGO White Sox podcast, co-host Herb Lawrence. I appreciate y'all both joining us on CityCast Chicago. Thanks, Jacoby. Thank you. The Sox play the Mariners around 3 p.m. at Guarantee Ray Field, and the Cubs are in Pittsburgh facing the Pirates at the same time. Before I let you go, a little bit of news, y'all. Mayor Lori Lightfoot is gearing up to officially announce her 2023 re-election bid with key hires in her campaign team. Local businessman Willie Wilson and media executive Dennis Duran have also recently announced mayoral runs. And some good news to get you through. Today, the city is hosting Here's Herald, a centennial birthday celebration honoring Mayor Harold Washington at the Harold Washington Library at 5.30 p.m. You can also watch on social media. There'll be other events this month celebrating Chicago's first black mayor. You can catch them in the daily newsletter at chicago.citycast.fm. As always, I appreciate you for listening. Talk to you tomorrow. Peace. Let me try one more time because you're just going to be thinking about it.